You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Is it still the next generation? If we're a generation later, the next next generation, the next previous generation, or the previous next generation? I'll work on that. In the meantime, it's Monday night at 7 p.m., and you're with us, and that can only mean one thing. It's time for Mission Log Live. I'm John Champion. And I'm Holly Amos. Tonight we are kicking off the third and final season of Star Trek Picard episode, with episode one, The Next Generation. As always, we want to hear from you in the Facebook chat and live with us. You know what to do. Just click on the Zoom link or give us a ring by using the one tap from your smartphone. Or you can call us 669-900-6833. Enter the meaning code and the password and you will see show notes and you will be in the Earl Green Room. Yes, yes. So we will be waiting for you to hop on the line, talk to Earl, join the Earl Green Room. And uh, before we get to that, I mean, by the way, welcome back, Holly, because it has been a while since you've been here. Thank you. It has been. Yes, yes. Me too. I'm glad to be back. This will be awesome. I look forward to this journey of uh, unpacking Picard season three with you. And of course, we'll do what we've done in the past where we will alternate your mission log hosts on Monday nights. So Norman and I will alternate, but Holly will be, you'll be like our guiding uh, light through all of these. You will be here for all 10. Then Norman and I will just pop in. Yeah. I'll be the inner light. That's good. There, see, just like the episode itself, that's our first reference back to another. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but speaking of, all right, everybody already saying hello to all of us and to each other. Paul T says, hi, Holly, and hi, John. Bob, I believe you know Bob. He says, hi, hi Dad. Holly, and John. Spencer says, yay, Holly is back. Agreed, Spencer. I agree. And then there's Kim saying hi. And then there's Heather saying hi to Kim. And then back to us. And then Dom. And a lot of familiar faces from the Mission Log Discord, which, of course, if you haven't joined us there, you can through our Patreon, patreon.com slash Mission Log. BC always chiming in with Alan Moraine. Because oh, he God. does. He does. But hey, I do want to welcome Phrase, Phrase, because very relevant hey. to, I know, right? Yeah, very relevant Yay. to Phrase being on the show. There is a Toink.com product in tonight's show. I, I love it when the product and what's on screen are one and the same, and you can just get it for yourself. And even yeah. though they're not a sponsor tonight, like, I, I just, I love that the dishes yeah. are there. We'll talk about those dishes. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else is saying hi. So uh, there, I think we have three Pauls already, which is great. Yeah, the trifecta. Uh-huh. We got uh, Cosmo. We have uh, Jama or Jama. I need to make sure that I got that right. Um, we have Dave. I think there's another Dave. There's Lisa. There's uh, And by the way, Lisa, thank you for saying we're not just Star Trek fans. We're Mission Log fans. Thank you for saying that, Lisa. Appreciate you being here. There's Donnie wishing us all a happy President's Day uh, to America and Americans. That would be us. So, Donnie, I assume that you are not. Where are you from? I have to remind us. I know that we had a great international crowd last week uh, when Norman and I signed on to come back. So, uh, thank you very much to everyone saying hello. We look forward to all of you joining us on Zoom or calling in, and uh, we'll talk about a little. Uh, oh, by the way, Holly, your mom says hi. That that's from your dad. Just wanted to make wanted to make sure you got that. Okay? Hello, mother. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, ooh, Doctor Dawson is with, and it is Jama. So thank you for that correction. Very appreciated. See, I was bound to get it wrong because my dad. I remember going into his office when I was a kid, and he always had a copy of Jama, the Journal of the American Medical Association, and that the naturally uh, is going to stick in my head in your in your brain, yeah. Forever and ever since I was a wee, wee lad. All right. So, uh, oh, and Char, oh, the profanity joining us. Glad to see you as well. All right. So you all know the thing. You got to click on the link. You got to join us, join the Earl Green Room. Apparently, we might have had a problem with the link. So Earl, just make sure that that fresh link is dropped into the chat so people can click it and then say hi to you and then say hi to us. Holly, before we get to the recap, I just want to very quickly let people know what's coming up on Mission Log this week. On your regular Mission Log that drops on Thursday, False 
profits. Yes. Yeah. No, okay. Are you saying that ironically or not? <laughs> I just like Ferengi. <laughs> okay. I, look, I, I can appreciate liking Ferengi. I, I'd be curious for you to hear the, the episode that Norman and I recorded. Oh, and, and I mean, I'll listen to it. Yeah. Said. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk next time. <laughs> so join us there for False Prophets. Uh, always remember that Mission Log, the Orville, and Mission Log Prodigy, those exist as podcasts. They also exist as videos. And if you go to youtube.com slash Roddenberry Entertainment or youtube.com slash Roddenberry Prod, you can watch those as well as listen to those episodes. So recently on the Orville, absolutely a fantastic epic interview that Jessica and Mike did with Brandon Braga. It is so good. It was so good. We actually split it into two parts. You get the first part, all Star Trek, second part, all Orville, and it is just magnificent. I've, I've seen and read a lot of interviews with Brandon Braga. This one is among my very favorites. You have to uh, have to check it out. Go to podcast.ronberry.com. Click on the show of your choice. You can find every audio feed. You can find the YouTube channels for them there. By the way, if you catch your podcasts in places where our shows are not listed, please send us an email, missionlog at roddenberry.com, and let us know what you would like to see added. We try to stay on top of that, but uh, but you never know. We might miss some. So again, that address, podcast.roddenberry.com or uh, youtube.com slash Entertainment. And uh, I tell you what, without further ado, do you mind if I, uh, you mind if I recap the episode? Go for it. All right, here we go then. Star Trek Picard, Season 3, Episode 1, The Next Generation. In the quiet of space, the SS Ilios 12, under command of Dr. Beverly Crusher, is violently attacked by unknown aliens. The doctor hides a young man on board with her, and in the firefight, Beverly is badly wounded. Before another attack, though, she gets out a coded message to Admiral Picard. Meanwhile, on Earth, Picard is in a reflective mood, but ready to let go of some mementos of the past. Maybe Geordi at the Fleet Museum will want some of the knickknacks as the retired admiral writes his memoirs. Late one night, he is interrupted with the chirp of his old communicator and Beverly's message code word, Hellbird, and embedded coordinates. She also says, no Starfleet and trust no one. With Laris's understanding, Picard sets off to find her. His first stop, 10 forward, where he reunites with Riker. Riker is as curious as Picard about why Crusher cut herself off from everyone for more than 20 years, but he's also able to pinpoint her coded location just outside Federation space. She may have asked for no Starfleet, but Riker has an idea for an impromptu inspection. Meanwhile, on Metallus Prime, <laughs> Rafi is deep undercover for Starfleet intelligence in the criminal underworld, trying to get a tip from an Orion about some stolen quantum tunneling tech from Daystrom Institute. She gets a lead about a red lady, but that's it, and she reports it back to her handler. At Space Dock, Riker and Picard arrive at the USS Titan for their inspection. Lucky for them, the first officer is seven of nine. Well, Annika Hansen, if you're being formal. Unlucky for them, the captain of the Titan is Liam Shaw, and over bites of blue steak, he makes it clear that he is not cooperating with their desire to go where they want, even if it is an inspection to honor Frontier Day. I said, good day, sir, and Shaw goes off to his quarters. But seven knows something is up. Rafi does what she can with her handler, a faceless female voice coming through a computer interface. She needs to know what or who the Red Lady is, but has no leads. The handler just offers some words of encouragement, which boil down to, get back to the job. On Titan, Seven has disobeyed orders and taken Picard and Riker right where they asked, the Riton system at the edge of Federation space. She's even gone so far as to let them know when a shuttle guard will be called away, all very helpful since they detected a vessel out there in the nebula cloud. And they better move because Shaw has awakened from his nap, and he does not like the fact that they are exactly where they shouldn't be. 
Meanwhile, Rafi has been searching for anything at all that looks like a red lady and narrows it down to the dedication of a big red statue of Enterprise C's legendary captain, Rachel Garrett. She's too late, though. Rafi arrives a smidge too late as a portal indeed opens up around the Starfleet recruitment building where the statue is located, swallows it up, and then spits out the debris from the sky. Rafi hears the terrified screams of the victims. Picard and Riker arrive at the Ilios 12, where they find the aftermath of Beverly's fight with aliens, and they find Beverly herself locked away in a medical stasis pod. She also happens to be protected by that young man she was hiding away before. He, at first, tries to take Riker hostage, but Picard sees through it. He wants help, not to pick a fight. Then he introduces himself as Beverly's son. This Jerry Springer moment will have to wait, though, as the attackers are back. Who exactly? Somebody in a big, tough alien ship. See you next week. The end. There you go. <laughs> well, that's, you know. <laughs> I like was, the Jerry Springer reference. It was a very Jerry Springer moment, you know. I'm your son. Cut to commercial. Go away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and that look on uh, Picard's face. Uh, we do have callers lined up. Anything that you want to uh, point out here before we go to our first caller? I mean, I have a lot of things in my notes. <laughs> I, I, I do too. I do. But right right at the top, was there anything that struck you right away that, uh, I mean, for me, my lasting image will be blue steak on Star Trek plates, probably a space fork, definitely a space fork in his hand. Uh, you know... I think they said what it was on Twitter this morning. They did. So Todd, uh, forgive me, I forget his last name, but the actor, uh, he said like uh, he, he was describing it. He was like, there was some fries there. And he said that it was balsamic in the sauce. It looked to me like an HP sauce. But look, I, I, I can't argue. <laughs> I wasn't there. I just the food is very important to me. That's all. Why, you know, I like that they're going on with the whole like blue Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, we see blue food a lot in Star Trek, Star Trek 6. Like, everything on that on the plate was blue. Absolutely. So. It's because in nature, there are very few blue foods. Like, even I'm a just, blueberry, not really blue, you know? Like, as it turns out, though, and this is, now I'm trying to look it up on Twitter because I, I can't remember what I said this morning that it was. But it's not Andorian. <laughs> no, not Andorian. But they just say it's space food. It's blue. It's space steak. It's blue. It's space noodles. Space food blue. is blue, and in yeah. the future, Star Trek uh, glitter means future too. They have glitter on everything, and that means we're in the future. Yes, that, that's how you know. And they're eating it with space forks. Let's go to our first caller. It is David, who has been standing by with a with a lovely shot of the Titan in the background. David, how's it going tonight? Welcome. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Good, good. Oh, wait, Spencer's saying I saw blue meatloaf. I, it, it was almost like an impossible meat, you know, the blue and it had the little grill marks on it. Yeah. Was, was it vegetarian, it? though? Like what? Mm. Well, I mean, look, it, not necessarily vegetarian. It could be like a lab grown. thing. It's the future. It could be anything. Really could. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> uh, David, <laughs> what is on your mind? Okay, having not really partaken in Beyond Meat or anything, I will defer to you guys. You, well, I'm a vegetarian, except yeah. when I'm on an island, I'm a pescatarian. Um, beyond, they're both good. So yeah. they're better they than, than we had liked. They're not blue. Actually, you know what? Some of them are actually putting beet juice in their fake meat to make it look bloody. So oh, they're, they're really trying hard to yeah. mimic actual actual meat so yeah 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 hey i look we could do a whole show about the uh about the impossible burger that i cooked one time it was very good very proud of it i'll share my recipe separately so you know anyway david what's on your mind about the show well gosh so much to unpack um uh i have to say i had a real emotional reaction to the music and i think that um somebody's bound to mention it but yeah I um, Jerry Goldsmith all, and, and it wasn't just one brand. I think just talk, you can do a whole show about the music of that episode because it just encompasses all of the various, you know, genres that they were trying to kind of incorporate in there. But I wanted to, uh, 
I wanted to give props to Jerry Ryan on something. And I don't know if anybody caught this because I I watched a lot of videos after seeing this episode and nobody really made a mention of it. But I think she did something unscripted in this episode. Mm. And I wanted to get your guys' take on it because you know how strict they are about unscripted things. They don't want yeah. them in there. But I think that they liked it. So on the bridge, her, uh, Riker and Picard, she's in the middle. And she gets that chance to say the word engage, right? Yeah. Something yeah. that Kate Mulgrew said, something that Patrick Stewart said. And uh, she does this. <clears throat> I don't know if this will come up on camera, but she goes like this. <laughs> Did I even show up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I don't, I think that it was a, just kind of appreciating the moment. I don't know if anybody, what did you guys think of that? I, you want to go I ahead, Holly? I, I mean, I didn't read it as unscripted. I thought it was a very specific pointed nod because Picard's sitting right next to her. I would be surprised if it, if it was unscripted. I, I think the uh, I think the line is definitely scripted. And here's the thing, you know, what's interesting about how Star Trek is filmed now versus how Star Trek was filmed 25 years ago is that they can just roll all day long and keep going, and they do. And the shoot ratio is just like off the charts. The the amount of footage filmed versus what actually gets edited is extraordinary. Um, and I would not be surprised if they probably shot that a lot of different ways because it is a big deal. I think what you're also pointing out, though, is her reaction, kind of the excitement and the relief of the moment. And that, to me, points out what they've done so expertly with Seven of Nine, which is what they did with Spock, uh, and uh, to a great extent with Data as well, which is make these non-human characters uh the most human out of the shows they they become the reflection for the emotion of the show and they become that entry point for us when our characters when our heroes are almost a little too perfect a little too unreachable they let somebody like seven have this moment that that we in the audience would feel like the excitement the nervousness the relief that it's finally over i thought that was played great and when you let an actor as good as jerry ryan do something with very few words, just be in the moment. Uh, it, it's magical. How, how, how could you not appreciate a moment like that? So good. I, I also feel like it's um, her saying engage is, a, is, I mean, we've been watching, obviously we've been watching discovery too and discovery. There's a, there's a real focus on each character who takes the bridge having their own little word. This is something that we're familiar with because it's a character we're familiar with. Yeah. So I appreciate that connection and that level of, I mean, it's just another level of nostalgia for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, looking at the chat and we'll be doing this because the chat is so lively right now. So thank you to everybody who is jumping out. I, I love this comment uh, because Lisa, picked out a line of dialogue that I just thought was so golden. Your reputation preceded you so much that I decided to begin eating without you. I mean, that, that, that's almost like an Oscar Wilde type line. Like, that is so good and is so perfect for that character. I He's such a jerk. He is. But, but at the same time, as other people are pointing out, Paul, one of our many Pauls in the chat, I like Shaw, no BS, not intimidated. And, he that is uh, such a tough character to play because he's got to tread that line between hateable jerk versus guy that you get who's doing the job by the book. I, you know, like it, it's Paul, so Paul Wright says right. that he makes Paul Wright says that he makes Jellico look like a cuddly teddy bear. And I <laughs> get champion and I were actually talking about yeah. this earlier, whereas I. I feel like Jellico and Kai Wynn, very specifically, you are supposed to hate. Yeah. And I don't feel like, come in. Sorry, you guys, my laundry no, that's is fine. here. Oh, good. Good, um, good, good. I don't oh, feel like um, he's, I feel like we're supposed to like him at some point. I think that's the difference. Yeah. Hold on one second. I have to get my laundry, you guys. Yeah, look, folks, uh, Holly's laundry is here. We don't want Holly to be without her laundry. 
<laughs> so that's very important. Uh, yeah, no, but I do want to ask you, David, if you have any other thoughts, because we do have uh, a lot of other callers. Not surprised there. A lot of people calling in tonight. Anything no. else you want to leave us with tonight? No, that was it. I just wanted to give her props for that and uh, yeah. see what comes up in the future here. Excellent. All yeah. right. I I agree. Thanks for calling in, Dave. See you very okay. soon, my friend. Uh, by the way, over in Twitch, I love this. Pax Federatica says, they may be setting up Shaw to have a come-to-Jesus moment at some point. And I think that's true, too. It's like, even with a character like, uh, well, like Jellico or anybody, they, they can't all just be one thing. There will be layers to this, and there will be places that the audience has to also understand and maybe align with them a little bit. Um, so we'll see, we'll see where that goes. Uh, sorry yeah. for the interruption, you guys. Oh, hey, everybody in the no, chat is like, me? laundry guys, I'm, yeah. I'm not at home, I'm in a hotel, and I had to have my laundry done. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. All good. Oh, and, well, in fact, Spencer says, I'm glad Holly is not airing her dirty laundry. No, I had uh-huh, to have it done. Uh-huh. So. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Matt brings up a very interesting point here in the chat, says, uh, on a Shaw point, I would really hope that someone who would so readily and forcibly deadname someone wouldn't make it out of the academy in the 25th century, let alone get a command track where he's responsible for people. That is a very I good mean, point. That's a good oh, point. It's, yeah. And it's an interesting conversation because I feel like Seven did very specifically choose not to go back to Annika. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it's yeah. it's it's an interesting conundrum. And perhaps it'll, I mean, they might be setting setting that up to be a discussion. I, I would not be unheard of for Star Trek to breach yeah. that kind of conversation in this day and age. They've yeah. always been good at that. So. Which I why I love doing this show is because you get a comment like that and it, it absolutely picks out this very relevant thing that happened in the episode and now we have nine more to figure out if that goes somewhere. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, let's welcome our next caller. It is the doctor himself, Doctor Dawson, uh, do- doctor but also maker of fine fudge. <laughs> so welcome, welcome to the show, Doctor. How's it going? New Patreon tier, right? Yes, yeah, yes. It's it, yeah. It's like you know, potato peeler and ensign, and, uh, and then maker of fudge, uh, which you have mastered. So, uh, welcome to the show. Not just for that, for your keen intellect and insights as well. Yeah, uh, but also thank cool. you for the fudge. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Uh, what's up tonight? Oh, it's just nice to be to be back with the in with the lives going on, right? So, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, I, I very much agree. The music um, was probably my favorite piece of uh, this episode. And the little tidbits that the composer pulled from the movies, from the shows, um, all of that, that weren't necessarily exactly the same, but kind of the very similar. You could tell it's yeah. the kind of thing that, that, that crazy Star Trek fans will will know and those who don't won't but we'll just enjoy it for the aesthetic value right well can, um, can i ask you something about that real quick because i i i don't uh, i don't want to be a downer here i don't want to bring <laughs> I, I don't want to totally torpedo the conversation uh but i am i feel like a, as part of my job doing mission log um i absolutely have to point out things that i question or don't land right with me and and see where this journey goes over 10 weeks and the music thing I find to be, um, I, I, it was very gratifying for me as a fan to hear cues that I recognized, and particularly a moment like going to Space Dock and revealing the Titan. Okay, to hear that familiar music made sense. There are other places where I feel like I didn't understand the emotional point or connection of the music other than it was music that I had already heard and liked. So, and, and I feel like that is something that I will be struggling with throughout this series is when do you have a callback? When do you have a reference that is earned because uh, maybe you're a fan who recognizes it and you're making a, a specific connection to something or you're new to it and you just think, okay, that's a poignant 
piece of music or a poignant thing. I get it. Uh, but I, I feel like those are choices that the production has to make for a reason. And, uh, and it can't just be because it's familiar. It also has to be because there is meaning behind it for the particular moment, for the particular piece of music that they chose. So did all of those work for you or, you know, you, know I, you, you tell me, I yeah. think, I think you're right. I think there, there was a great deal of what, what I hate the term fan service, but I think there was a little yeah. bit of that going on. But I think that if you, if you didn't know, it wasn't a depart, it wasn't so pulling into that area that it mattered uh, so it mattered to the people it mattered to, and if it didn't matter to to you, it was still nice music. Yeah. Now I think there were some moments the the Titan departure from space dock with the uh, Star Trek three ish music playing. Yep, and mm-hmm. the clear all mornings from Star Trek six kind of theme was in there a little bit, um, and I think that was maybe. You know, you get you get fifty three minutes or whatever whatever it is for streaming yeah. in this, and if we take a minute for that kind of playback, I don't know that that was necessary. Um, there were no like seven circles and a shuttle pod around the Titan, <laughs> um, so we did we escaped sort of the motion picture. Uh, approach but I, I i think that for the most part if you didn't get it it didn't matter um i i mean i feel like a, i feel like it's sort of the same as references in lower decks because hmm. the easter eggs yeah. in lower decks if you get it cool and if but if you don't get it it doesn't mean that you're you can't follow the storyline right 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 but people might be like, well, why did it take like two minutes to leave Space Dog out of a 48 minute or 53 minute show? I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, still it, shorter it, than the motion picture. It's true. It, it, yeah, true. I, and, and here's the thing it's like that moment is going to be that moment no matter what. Whether it was a conscious decision to a motion picture or Star Trek 3, that's kind of academic at a certain point because okay that moment of the people arriving at the ship and then the ship going off on its mission has a certain weight to it has a certain drama to it anyway so absolutely you can choose to reinforce that with the music and that's perfectly fine um because otherwise what's your choice they, they just have to like go find them somewhere in space that isn't particularly convenient and contrive a way to get them in to that. So I, I, you know, I'm not super worked up about the idea of making that scene have a certain emotion to it, but I just wonder the further we go along, I, I think to me in this one, the one piece of music that really surprised me was the end credits and you get that first contact reference yeah. back to it. And to me, that's one where I just go, okay, that's the theme to first contact, not this is the music where this thing happens, like the launch of a ship or whatever, where thematically it makes sense. That's one that felt out of place to me because it felt like, remember how cool First Contact was? Yeah, I do. I love that movie. (laughs) I mean, I I don't disagree with you. It's a fantastic piece of music, uh, Jerry Goldsmith forever. But I I also think that part of the reason why they probably chose that is because of, of the four TNG movies, which is the last time that we've seen this the like these specific characters the original crew together i mean it maybe it would have made more sense to use the theme from nemesis because that's the last time we actually saw them all together oh, yeah. but nemesis is also not as recognizable first contact is by and large and it's not everybody's favorite but it's by and large people's favorite of those films yeah. well but and see, it's you, certainly you the, the most two... recognizable theme but you see you just said the two operative phrases recognizable and favorite and, right. and and to me, that's where I'm always going to struggle with that is like, if that's the criteria, then, okay, that's kind of the low hanging fruit. I know? don't. Yes. Yeah. 
but I, I want I want to be proven not not wrong. I just I, I I want to make sure that these things have impact and meaning, and they're done for the right reasons. You know. By the way, Matt, I I love this in the chat. It says do a remaster of the motion picture, make the space dock scene longer. You cowards. Matt, I'm on the same page with you. I agree. <laughs> this is brilliant. Uh, Dr. Dawson, any other uh, thoughts to see? We, you kind of took us down this music yeah, uh, discussion, I, which is great. And, and it's interesting because we just heard the, maybe not just, but we recently heard the first contact theme in Lower Decks 3.1. Yeah. Oh, right. When yeah. they went to Bozeman. Yeah. And, all that, and and they literally just brought that entire soundtrack right into that episode. So maybe maybe new viewers who never saw First Contact are like, oh, hey, that's the music from Lower Decks. Three, I, mean, I love it. Maybe. Jane in the chat says, I missed the inner light flute. It should have been included. I mean, we saw the Resican flute, but the theme that we hear in the inner light, that maybe would have been a nice drop in when he picked that flute up. Yeah, I don't know. You could do that, yeah, but but is that's that, a lovely theme. But is that, uh, as we sometimes say in the biz, is that a hat on a hat? You, you see, yeah, the I mean, prop, it might have been, but you it also made... need the audible cue, you know. A bit, it all sure, but it also would have made more sense than the first contact theme because the flute he actually picks up. Right, right, right. But but then what's the next step beyond that? That is because they, oh look, it's my Resican flute that I keep on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like how how far are we going to take it? Um, actually, hey, uh, uh, doctor, before we go to our next caller, uh, last thoughts, uh, final thoughts on the episode. I- uh, I thought it was great. I I wonder with we're talking about the music specifically. Well, you went to the you went to the premiere, yeah. And I resisted texting you all day, ask how <laughs> it was going. Um, but was there was that was music something that was brought up in there? I didn't know if there were discussions or panels or anything. It was just it, the, the film. Very yeah, Holly and I both got to go. There, there was yeah. very little discussion beforehand, um, and I will say this, you know, uh, Holly, I don't know if your experience is different from mine, but I, I also feel like if you go to a premiere, that's a bit of an artificial way to see something like that. anything, anything, because it is a party as everybody who made it celebrating and rightfully so patting themselves on the back. But it, it, it also, if you're watching, if you're just part of the audience watching it, you're taking in all of that. And it it's hard to be kind of dispassionate about it. But the music thing I did notice when we were sitting there, and then by the time we got to the end of part one, I was like, wow, this, this is straight up first contact. <laughs> you know, what, uh, why will this have meaning? Is this a choice other than just popular and recognizable to, yeah. uh, to use a couple of words? Well, uh, that, that's all I have. I just want to say thank you to Mark W in the chat who says, I agree with Dr. Dawson. I will there you go. that out and framing it. Yes, right on. All right, doctor, thank you very much. Talk to you later. Cheers. Uh, Holly, just before we go to our, well, I tell you, we'll, we'll do a break here in a second. I know that we've got Alan, we've got uh, Paul, we've got Cherie and Cosmo standing by. So thank you all for your patience. We will absolutely get to you. But before we do our break here, uh, Holly, uh, thoughts about the premiere? Did it uh, affect your take on things one way or the other? I mean, you know, it was enjoyable to to. See people who are involved and celebrate this. I mean, especially because this is presumably the last time we see Patrick Stewart as this character. Yeah, um, yeah it was a good time, and you and I got to yeah. see a little bit ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, I, honestly, though, I I think um, that being the first time and seeing two back to back. Um, I, I don't like to watch ahead for this show, but fortunately for me, Same. I'm not recording next week. So seeing the two was okay. I liked being able to watch one in isolation in prep for this. Just Yeah, like, I watched, go, uh, go, yeah. I watched the first episode again last night and it's, yeah. you know, I picked up on different things when I was alone and not in this like yeah. headspace of all of these other people around. <laughs> right, right. 
All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a, a very quick moment here to say thank you to the very fine people over at Star Trek Wines. You know them. You love them. We know them. We love them. Star Trek Wines. We Wines. saw them. We did. They are right there on your screen, just like they were on your screen in Star Trek Picard. So you're seeing a collection there, a couple of collections. Uh, but I was particularly very happy to see Picard show up and hand that bottle of the 2401 vintage Chateau Picard to uh, Shaw. And then Shaw just shot him down. He just, what a jerk. Yeah, he's such a jerk. <laughs> oh, thanks for the wine. It's not my style. Right. Is, is right. he like that when he accepts any? gift like probably (laughs) i think he is yes (laughs) but look you you can be way cooler than that and you can get the bottle that picard had in that scene that's the 2401 with the silver label and it has you may not be able to tell on screen but it has that very cool black wax drip top which is actually reusable because they did that in silicone so even if you drink the wine you still get to keep that topper and it is just so nice. It's lovely. Here's my other favorite part about Star Trek wines, in particular the Chateau Picard. It is actually Chateau Picard. So Chateau Picard existed well before Star Trek did, and now you have this high-quality premium product for fans like us, and they went the extra mile. They went to Chateau Picard and said, hey, can we bottle the real Chateau Picard in our space bottles and they said sure (laughs) so now when you're drinking chateau picard not only is it a screen accurate bottle you're getting the real deal and uh it's awfully good holly i believe you've had some wine from star trek wines i have i the shot it's super meta because yeah yeah you know the chateau picard is a real thing that has existed since before star trek (laughs) so uh it's delightful Yes, they're they're a very good winery. So yeah. I'm glad that that connection was made and that they were able to market it like that. It's wonderful stuff. StarTrekWines.com. And the best part about it, not only can you not go wrong with a bottle because it's going to look great on your shelf and it will taste great when you're drinking it. Uh, but if you use our code Roddenberry, we wanted it to be easy to remember. Use our code Roddenberry. And uh, if you add that United Federation of Planets medallion, uh, add it into your cart, then use our code at checkout. It is free. You get the thing for free, and then you can do whatever you want to with that. I've seen a lot of people put it on, like, uh, those steel uh, coffee tumblers, travel mugs, that kind of thing. It is so cool. They put it on, I believe it was the Federation Chardonnay. Uh, it's on that bottle, and people love the medallion. They're like, yeah, I want to keep that, do something else with it. So now you can get it for free, and that is exclusively yeah. for our listeners when you use the code Roddenberry at checkout, got to add it to your bag first, then use the code, and then you get that for free. Pretty great. Thank you, StarTrekWines.com. Yeah. All right. Let's move on with the show. And he has been waiting patiently to chat with us. It's Alan. Welcome. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I, I'm doing great, John. Holly, it's great to have you back. Uh, you know, Star Trek Picard is back. Mission Log Live is back. And I'm up after the break. Everything is right with the world. In fact, <laughs> I saw I saw that bottle uh, on the show. Yeah. And between that and the little spaceships, yeah. the hairs yeah. on the back of my neck stood up because I thought I was going to yeah. have to talk about the show. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I don't know if phrase is still around, but like this is so cool to me for as long as we've been doing Mission Log and <laughs> and the joy of seeing the teeny tiny spaceships from the late great Eagle Moss yeah. make it onto screen. Okay. Then you and got the maybe- one- did uh-huh. we get a micro machine? Is a micro machine what got put in I the drink? Think that was Maybe. a micro machine. I think it was a micro machine. I yeah, think it was. Okay, good point. Yep. So all of that canonized. We know that the uh, we know the bottles are canon now. That's yes. great. I love it. And and again, cannot stress this enough. The plates, the dinnerware. Yes. Go to toink.com. Again, use code Roddenberry. Take uh, 15% off, which is a steal. The plates are on camera. (laughs) Listen, you know what I actually really love about this, though, is that we're doing it backwards than Star Trek and most franchises have done in the past, where those plates actually already existed. Because Phrase, and I don't know how many of you guys have, have met Phrase, but he's very much 
uh, we spent, he and I spent a lot of time together, um, at Mission Chicago mm-hmm. and he's very much into making product for Star Trek because obviously he loves Star Trek, but to make it functional, which yeah. I appreciate because I don't like clutter and right. it's like part of my profession to talk people out of their clutter. <laughs> so if you can have something that's fandom and that is functional, that's great. And so now like, instead of it being shown on screen and then being released as a product as an afterthought, this product already existed. And so did most of the stuff that we see in this, that the franchise yeah. is using as an existing product and canonizing it. I, I know love you hate it. that word, John. Oh, 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 we got a little uh, feedback there in your mind, but that's okay. Yes, I 100% agree. And look, you can eat a blue steak off of it. You can eat a normal steak off of it. Whatever it is, if it's well done, though, I'm coming after you. <laughs> so uh, with that said, Alan, your audio, uh, oh, amazing, fantastic. Thank you. All right. So what? with that pristine, <laughs> clear that's a running, audio. That's a running have- gag from the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you have to share with us tonight? Well, I mean, first off, um, John, I do have one uh, minor thing that I want to correct uh, from, from the recap. Oh, please. Uh, that was a, a Maury Povich moment, not a Jerry Springer. Oh, uh, If it had okay. been Jerry, uh, Beverly would have broken into Chateau Picard and had a pull apart with Laris. Yeah, you're so right. Maury you Mari is so the, right. he's the, you are the father. You, when it comes to Jack Crusher, <laughs> you... <laughs> To be continued. <laughs> that, that, we shall thank see. you for keeping us honest. You're oh, absolutely well, that's right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But speaking of the uh, Picard and speaking of the music, uh, did I hear correctly that uh, when they got to the ship, the music that Picard and Riker heard was from a collection of classics that he gave to Beverly? Yes. He made yes. he made her a mixtape. He made her a mixtape. How cute is that? It's adorable, right? Now, do you think though? Because uh, the, there's the the brand of mixtape where it's just like, okay, you record yeah. things for somebody. There's also the kind of mixtape where you drop in a little some phrases, some you know spoken word. Hmm. Do you think he did that? Maybe, maybe. It, well, I mean, it's all very sort of classic. Um, almost wax cylindery music so <laughs> yeah uh, maybe perhaps there's some uh, early some early spoken word on there too who knows here's what's hilarious so uh i i believe captain picard is older than uh than patrick stewart if oh, i'm yeah. correct yeah yes. so what what i picture is picard with like the 24th century version of a a cassette player and then, and he's queuing up the music, but he's constantly, like, you constantly hear the click, like he's screwed, oh, damn it, you know, and he, yes. he's like messed up and he's clipping the top of the song. And I, that's the tape that I want to hear. Uh, hold up, yeah. I've got to go back and re record that. <laughs> <laughs> but then he just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, I uh, thought that was, that was, that was cute. Um, yeah. I have a couple of other. Just a few little things. Um, Shaw, I, I I I think he's an interesting dude. I have a le- little bit of hard, a little hard time accurately uh, assessing my feelings, just because I have like residual appreciation for Todd Stashwick mm. as a as a as a person, as an actor and a creator. I think he's generally really good. He seems like a good dude. Uh, so, you know, it's a little bit easier, you know, to, you know, feel one way or the other about a character when you, when you don't have, you know, a personal response to seeing someone on screen, I guess. Well, can can I ask what you know him from? Because that was the weirdest thing at the premiere was all these people that I know from different walks of life are like, Oh, Todd, Todd's great. We love Todd. But I'm like, how, how do you know him? (laughs) You know, if it was, yeah. If it was Mika and her crew, it's probably from Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. <laughs> In fact, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. She brought half of uh, she brought half a critical role with her, and uh, as a little note from that franchise. Ah, there we go. Oh. You're prepared. Nice. I didn't know that. So Todd runs in some of the same social circles as John and I. So like we have a lot yeah. of mutual ah. friends. Yeah. Very and I, I. Would- I 
but I'm not a I'm like not a Dungeon and Dragons person. I mean, bless it if that's your thing. Like, mm, yeah. but I I am not. I'm gonna have to watch the next Dungeon and the, the movie <laughs> though because Chris Pine's in it. There you go. Maybe I'll get into it, and there then I'll go, go yeah. back and see all of Todd's stuff. Right. Yeah, if you right. if if you have uh, several hundred hours free, Critical Role is great. I don't. <laughs> but that's all right. All right. Um, what else? Just just an overall assessment. Um, I'm I'm very curious to see what what how the fan reaction is going to be because I feel like and, and maybe. You know, this is hype coming off of the premiere and, and, and everything that goes along with that. But it feels like people are very up on this, uh, up on this particular series of the show. And it feels very similar to the last two to me in a lot of ways. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we've got Picard, uh, you know, being drugged back into into Starfleet, there's a crisis going on. There's you know uh, something going on with him personally in terms of his relationships. Uh, there there might be something going on with him uh, health wise because there there are things that he you know either forgot or missed or you know what what have you. Um, and you know Starfleet's back to being untrustworthy. We've got all this other stuff going on, and I'm like, this feels like the same show. <laughs> and is it just is it just Will and Beverly? I hope that's not it. But yeah. you know, yeah. Look, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, I this this goes farther back and and deeper in terms of the fan reaction. To this particular show, I feel I feel like by doing Mission Log Live this week, we're like a month behind because all yeah. the screeners went out to just a ton of people. Then he had the premiere, and it, it the the timeline for this has gotten really screwed up. And um, I feel like the reaction, even my own reaction to this show, I'm really not going to be settled on until ten weeks later. Because there's a, there's a lot of just sort of general excitement. Look at all this. And I feel like we're having a little bit of trouble pulling out the story from what we're getting here. And I appreciate you doing that, saying, well, well wait a minute. Here, here's the actual yeah. premise. <laughs> you know, Here's the actual story that's happening. Um, and I think it's going to take us all a little bit of time here to, to let that, um, that nostalgia wave kind of pass a little bit for us to be able to truly look at the story and figure out what we're getting from that. Yeah, no doubt. I'm, I'm very much, you know, I'm, I'm on board. I'm, I enjoyed this episode. Uh, then again, I didn't really have a problem with the first two seasons either. So I'm, maybe I'm not yeah. the, the one to judge, but yeah, I'm well, just, I'm very curious to see how it goes. Yeah. I, but certainly as a fan, you are in a position to judge that, that yeah. that's what we're doing. We're figuring out how it works oh. for all of us. What, what, oh, Todd, no. what happened? Todd was in an episode of Enterprise. Stop. He did do that too. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was in Kirshara. I didn't yeah. even oh, recognize wow. him. Oh, that wow. totally slipped my mind. That's right. He talked about that with Ashley on the, the oh, interview that was posted on the mission log discord. You know oh, what though? Like, there's awesome. so many. There's. So, I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just. Oh no, no that's great. <laughs> that, that's um, good. This episode was uh, dedicated to Annie, who oh, yeah. was board board queen last, and um, yeah. very notably, she unfortunately passed away from cancer pretty suddenly because she hadn't. Nobody really knew about it. Yeah. Um, but her very first appearance on TV was an Enterprise episode too. It was Oasis. Oh. Oh wow! Yeah, so a lot That's of awesome. lot of connection back to Enterprise. That makes me happy. Very cool. Absolutely, Alan. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate talking to you as ever, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Okay. Is it Thursday yet? <laughs> right. Take care, my friend. By the way, I love this in the chat. I love it when people in the chat just sort of are having their own conversation because they're talking about Jack's uh, father and, you know, is this a big reveal? Is this going to be a big moment? And Jane rightfully says, can a scented candle have a baby? Oh God, I hate that episode. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. And then Chris, Chris says back to Jane, if it has a big wick. So, 
Oh my god. Uh huh. Yeah, that's what's happening in the chat right now. Yeah. So, uh huh. You guys, you can get your own show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Let's say hi to our next caller. It's Paul, one of one of our Pauls. That's Greetings, Eddie. Paul. How Greetings. are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You sound there, good. Lights up, Holly's always great to see you uh, from far yeah. away places. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not that far away. I, Terry Metalis called this the movie that Next Gen never got, and think it's going to be like a 10 hour movie. Yeah. Um, yes, and it's so going to be that slow in the plot. I mean, I'd like to say I, I I was looking forward to this, but I had so much of the previews rammed down my throat, and all the I just got. I don't care. You know, mm-hmm. I saw the next gen. I watched all of it many times. And now it's just like, you know, I really, I really am so happy that they kept Rafi and Laris. Cause if they yes. would have just disappeared, I would have been really not happy because, you know, we're, we're invested into these people. Yeah. So, you know, and when did, you know, when did Beverly become a badass? I don't, care it just is so bizarre to see this compared to what she was and the it's, I, been, it's been like 20 something years you're not interested in like the character growth in that time period that might explain why she's so now suddenly the i think guy. this is why i like shaw I'm, I'm more of a Baalbeck man and shoves it over the side. I, I, it's going to take a while to be invested and then, you know, it's going to be over. I, I don't know. I, I love, I love well, the whole concept of Picard, love the past two seasons. This is not my favorite start. You know, yeah. the first, you know, it's just a I, little forced. I feel the word forced. I, well, and I, I hear what you say. There's a little bit of a bait and switch to say, we got the gang back together. It's, it's all your old favorites. But by the way, Beverly's this renegade phaser rifle wielding badass. And it was like, okay, but I, I thought we were doing the nostalgia trip hangout with friends. Uh, hopefully there's a story to tell there. And hopefully we'll find out the whys of why we got to where well, we are. She's um, still, it was a medical ship, right? She's still on a medical ship. Is it? It's some sort of smaller class thing, or is it sure. a deliver like a delivery freighter ship where they're deli- I mean, because I feel it has to be something medical related. Yeah, maybe well, research. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, we've seen research ships. There are like, and I, I believe what she's on is an SS, not a USS. So, right. and we've seen right. USS ships that are medical research. Yeah. So. Well, to to be revealed, I mean, I'm sure that there will be many details that are to be revealed over this time. Paul, I, I'm also there with you in the respect that, okay, it's 10 hours, but it, it's 10 hours to tell one story. Some stories benefit from that. Not all stories do. And that was part of my problem with the last two seasons of Picard is that I feel like there are some great earned moments that just took forever and ever to get to. And you could tell where there were entire episodes. You go like, okay, that could have been five minutes somewhere else. <laughs> we could have just bridged the gap and then gotten to where we needed to go. So yeah, I, it, you know, we've got many more episodes of this to go until we're able to look back at the whole thing and say, was it necessary to tell all of that in the time that it took? Do we feel like those moments were earned? And is it satisfying ultimately in the end? Uh, yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you there. Yeah. Oh, you're muted, my friend. Is he muted? He's not muted. He is something. Hello? Something's got a rye. There we go. Is that, is that better? Yes, yes, that was better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the rye is downstairs waiting to be opened for Paul W. That's what that's for. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to be, I just have one more point that the thing I loved about this is besides the music, everybody's talked about the music. I'm mm-hmm. on board with all the points there is the self deprecation is just amazing. And one of my, my second favorite line besides, besides the Malbec line was shut it, Will. And I'll leave it there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I do have to say that uh, of all the things that I could nitpick here, I think the chemistry between particularly Riker and Picard, uh, 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 Frakes and Stewart, is just it, – it's cranked up, but it's exactly the right level for me. I, I'm enjoying them enjoying themselves in this. 
crabby so. old men. I'm living the life. I know exactly how they're feeling. So, <laughs> Star Trek, cheers, crumpy old cheers men. To you. I love it. Cheers to all of you. Cherie, have a great call. Holly, great Take to see you. John, friend. as always, Thank my you. friend. Cheers. Bye-bye. Till next time. All right. Well, yeah, let's say hello to Cherie. Welcome. Welcome to the show. How's it going tonight? Good. Although you're not going to like my first comment, what I came here for. Can't uh, wait. Can't wait. Oh, no. Your audio broke up. Oh, no, your oh. audio broke up. Say it again. Candle baby. Oh, no, I don't want it. <laughs> don't. Yes. I don't yes. want it. Yes. That'd be so weird. Like, what? Candle baby. Yes. You have, a, you have a baby with, like, your grandma's. But, <sighs> it was a particularly erotic passage, honey. That feels, that feels, that feels Jerry Springer. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Holly, I don't actually think they're going to do Candle Baby. I just want them to do Candle Baby. Oh, you... That episode makes my skin crawl. I have to leave the room. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> I want you to have that in your fan canon. I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> I want him to be Candle Baby. It, it, makes, it makes more sense for him to have somehow been created in the season she wasn't there. That makes more logical sense. I love it. I want oh, yeah, him to be two. Candle Baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Do you can join that. Firm? Sure. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they do. Uh, you can join that whole conversation that Jane and Chris were having in the chat and uh, spin that off into a whole thing. Jim is saying, please, no candle, baby. <laughs> Carlos <laughs> says, but Jack wasn't green. Well, good point that we know of. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, what else is on your mind tonight, Cherie? Uh, that it, what I, a way to start a call. I actually really loved this episode and just, I think it's a great start. I actually have struggled with uh, Picard. It's one of my less favorite of the new um, shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I still watch it because it's Star Trek. <laughs> sure. Uh, sure. But, uh, you know, I with every other, like, first, I always want to give it a chance. I always want to give it a chance. And with every other first episode, I'm like, ah, do I like this? I didn't have to ask myself that question in this episode. I'm like, I like this. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> and what, what, what do you think that is, though? <laughs> is it... I mean, I, I don't think you can just boil it down to one thing, because I, I feel like there are many elements that I liked here. There are elements that I definitely question. One of the elements that I love, I just mentioned it, I think the chemistry with those particular actors is so great, so strong. I also love catching up with Seven at all these moments in her life where she's making a change, where something different has occurred. I, I, she's written so well and performed so well, not even funny. Then there are places in an episode like this that make me wonder, like, are we setting up for another long slog here? Are we doing too much with either references, whether they're physical references or musical references, where it's just sort of like, hey, we remember the same things that you remember, audience, so here you go. I, I want those things to have payoff. So what, what, what's working for you? So for me, like what you were saying about the chemistry, I think that's a large part. Um, I mm-hmm. think they're doing nostalgia right in that way of like the character development. Cause you already have these characters who have these years of character development. And I do think that sometimes some franchises and, you know, some shows like they're like, Oh, here's this character that you really like, but we're not going to develop them or do anything. It's just like, well, okay, here's the character. Isn't that cool? And it's like, yeah. no, because you didn't do anything with them. Um, so I think they're doing a great job of like, this is actual like logical development of like all of their characters, like where they were makes sense where, where mm-hmm. seven was like makes sense and where Picard and Riker are, they make sense. So I really enjoyed that. Also yeah. Riker reminded me a lot of like Kirk um, <laughs> and that makes sense for his character. Like, yeah. so like, I was just like, yeah, this is, this is like the Star Trek movies, like the original Star Trek movies. So I didn't actually mind the, like, they're stealing the, like, the, the Star Trek, uh, three the, reference because the, basically, yeah. I'm like, they're going to steal the shit. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, gonna steal the shit. Uh, <laughs> well, and you know, and I'm very curious 
what the reveals will be about uh, Riker and Deanna's relationship. Um, what has happened there that, that was, uh, that was a good kind of a nugget to hand to the audience with the promise of something else to come. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird Mm -hmm. passive comment where you're like, what now? And then he's just like, how can I help you? And you're like, oh, we're not going to talk about that more. Yeah. Yeah. He's just there. He's just there on earth. If they, I mean, this, this season could hair off in a direction that I'm like not into, but like at least this first episode, I have no notes no problems with it (laughs) like it could still go off in a bad direction but there could be good directions they could go in all of the things they presented i I I love this look that holly is giving me i have i have one problem with it one major problem that really bothers me and it's so minute it is the use of the phrase pay grade by shaw because he's Uh. talking about he was he was like you know the the orders come from actual officers that are way above our pay grade when he's essentially saying no to them to them wanting to like change plans and i just think that pay grade is a terrible phrase i mean it could be an idiom that has existed into the 25th century who knows there is no pay grade though like they're starting all the time though no i agree with you but i know but like I can I, reference like every time they mention money. I love yeah. the, the lower decks episode where she's like, "We don't use money anymore. What's wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, and Picard time. says it. Yeah, and Picard says it in First Contact to Lily. He's like, "We don't, we don't have money anymore." And money still exists. I mean, Ferengi and even Rafi is like giving away money in this episode to get information, and then she's like, "I need more money." So like, money still exists, but not on Earth, and not in, not really in Starfleet. There is no pay grades. There's no like corporate climbing of the ladder in terms of like getting paid more it's literally just authoritative i feel like they just could have used a different phrase there to indicate that there are people above their authority that are making anyways that's my gripe that's my one gripe with the episode <laughs> i you know look i i remember well that uh kirk says something to spock about you know you know how much starfleet has invested in you and uh you know spock's ready to rattle off a number so i i'm not I, I don't take great offense at that because I also kind of like investment, the I, investment doesn't have to be money though. It could be time. It, could, it sounded like he was naming a number. It sounded like it was going to be a, a, an amount, a, an amount of money or so. But here's the thing. I also feel like that sort of idiom can exist. Like we still yeah. say things like hang up the phone and you're not literally hanging up hanging a phone. Up you're phone. pushing right. a button. You know, there, there's things like that, that, or uh, like the, that will exist. The, the universal to tur- to roll the window down is still right, literally yeah, rolling right. it down. But like that's true. Yeah. Or yeah. the save button being a floppy disk. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's all these little I mean, things. I, it's, so, yeah. It, but I it was very like it, when I was watching it, it really like took me out of that's like I I noticed that immediately and it took me out of the world. Yeah. Because yeah. I just it doesn't exist. I well. I will. We'll have to see if it comes up again. I'd be very curious. Maybe it'll get dubbed out in a different release of the episode. We'll see if that gets fixed. Cherie, thank you so much. We got one more caller to get to. You have a great night, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Okay. Thanks. Cheers. Take care. All right. Wrapping it up tonight is Cosmo. I believe he is still standing by patiently. We'll see if he makes it over here to us. By the way, as we're waiting on Cosmo, a couple of uh, uh, fun moments that I picked out. Uh, Curious about this. So Shaw says to Seven after she has given, you know, Riker and Picard the, the information to go steal a shuttle. He says, you just loyaltyed your way out of your career. Okay. (laughs) Interesting turn of phrase. I thought that was cool. But wait, but then he just leaves and she stays in command on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. genuinely, but there's so much that Shaw could have done. He could have tractor beamed the shot. There's so much. I think yeah. he's genuinely curious as to what's going on. Okay. There's so much that he could have done. And he also, instead of relieving her of duty, is like, you have to write a report. I think he wants to know what's going on. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that is very true too. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I, a couple of moments here that I, so I love that. And I think you and I had the same note. So cool to see the Rachel Garrett statue for dedication. Yeah. And you and I probably both want a, a statue of that. So phrase, you can get on that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that'll be. <laughs> I also like, there's a lot of really great reference um, when we're sort of panning through Beverly's ship. Yes. Um, I mean, we see, 
that she has like that the the crate that belongs to Jack Crusher, and she actually got that out of storage in the episode Family. But there's also like flowers from Cause and Effect. Her pearl necklace is there from the Big Goodbye, oh, and then she also right. got like an honorary citizen award in Allegiance that's there. Oh so. my God, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, I, so many other notes here. I mean, I, I do love the look of the Titan. I love the little nods to like phase two design that have made yeah. their way into Titan. Uh, just a lot of cool stuff like that. Um, but look, I, I'm not going to lie. I, there are things that will probably drive me crazy, but I guess I'll hold on to those. Mark uh, Welch it, says that he didn't get the Garrett reference. Oh. Rachel uh, right Garrett ahead. is yep. the is the commanding officer, the captain of the Enterprise C in yesterday's Enterprise. So she basically mm-hmm. dies yep. in 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 service. In, so. Yeah, in yesterday's Enterprise. And yep. uh but of course nobody would know what actually happened to No. Yeah. They they wouldn't know. Because it's in a different timeline. So we, yep, exactly. we don't know how she died. We just know that she most likely is deceased. And yeah. uh, we pay our respects to her via this beautiful statue that was then uh, bombed. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, hey, look, it looks like we lost our last caller. Cosmo, try us back next week or beyond. Love to hear from you. And uh, look, for anybody who wants to carry on the conversation, I just want to remind you all that this does carry on in our Discord. Your ticket to our Discord is through Patreon, patreon.com slash mission log. If you sign up there, uh, find the support tier that that works for you, that uh, that you are committed to, and then you will get your private link, your key to our Discord. And our Discord is fabulous because we get to hang out and chat both text and live multiple times a week and uh, talk about our fandoms, not just Star Trek, but all kinds of other fandoms. So uh, join us there. My favorite thing, Holly, is it just gets rid of the annoying noise of social media. It's not Facebook. Yeah. It's not Twitter. It's it's moderated. It is collected. And we're all kind of on the same page. And it's great. So, yeah. Like to see everybody. Yeah, the Discord there. is super fun. I wish I had more time to participate in the Discord well, because well, well, the conversations uh, are super interesting, not just yeah. for Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll see you there when you have more time. No problem at all. And uh, with that, Mission Log Live is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, technical production on Mission Log, and Mission Log Live by the incongruous Earl Green. Be sure to visit podcast.roddenberry.com for the latest from Roddenberry Podcast. If you would like to support Mission Log directly, uh, check out what I mentioned and give us a look at patreon.com slash mission log special thanks to my co-host Holly who is fantastic here on mission log live thank you to everyone who joined us live or later we look forward to reviewing the next episode of Star Trek Picard with Holly and Norm on mission log live with you next week this is a Roddenberry podcast For more great podcasts, visit podcast.rottenberry.com.